you looking to take your team to the next level and lead to your full potential? Then Leading with Purpose is the show for you. It's an hour of empowerment with your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Nathan is a business and leadership development coach, public speaker, and author. He's also the founder of Clutch Consulting and a member of the John Maxwell team. Nathan's purpose in life is to empower others, and that's how he helps businesses and leaders grow. He specializes in leadership training, improving communication in the workplace, and creating high-performance teams. So join Nathan and this week's guest as they provide you with the information and tools you need to effectively lead yourself and others. It's time for Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Here is your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome to episode number 30 of Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. If you're just now joining us or you've been with us a while but aren't yet a subscriber of the show, head on over to leadingwithpurposeradio.com, click on the iTunes link, and get subscribed now so you never miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear on this episode and you find that it delivers value to you in some way, please leave us a positive rating on and review on iTunes as well. At the end of the day, friends, my commitment to you is to bring you the very best guests, the very best content. So when I have guests like Greg Condor of Condor Business Solutions, who we will be talking with on this episode, you're going to want to make sure that you have access to that information as soon as it's made available. And being a subscriber is absolutely the best way to make that happen. But before we begin our conversation with Greg about helping small business owners grow their business, I want to ask you a simple question about leadership before we get started. How well do you treat your team members? You know, it's not a hard question, but more than likely it's a question we either don't ask ourselves enough, maybe we're afraid to ask it because at the end of the day we may not like the answer that we have. You know, I was a successful former Fortune 50 retail executive and leader for more than a decade in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry. And one of the many things that I learned from those years of experience is that customer service that happens out in the field, out on the front lines of business in areas where many High-level executives and managers simply don't spend enough time. And one thing I can promise you is this. You know, your employees will rarely treat your customers any better than you personally treat them. So with that in mind, doesn't it make sense to treat members of your team possibly even better than you treat your very best customer? Personally, I think so. You know, the same courtesies, appreciation, and thankfulness that you extend to your loyal customers should also be extended to your team members as well. At the end of the day, no one wants to work in an environment where they aren't appreciated, respected, and treated well. And I promise you, if you have that kind of workplace culture, your business will not grow like you expect it to. So with that in mind, what can you do to serve a member of your team? Today And with that, I'd like to introduce tonight's guest, Mr. Greg Condor. Since 2005, Greg has coached and consulted with business owners representing many types of businesses, including manufacturing and construction, as well as service industries like engineering firms, attorneys, insurance agencies, plumbing companies, and marketing firms. Greg has also consulted with a, new, with a few uh, nonprofit entities as well. Greg owned a successful manufacturing company for about 12 years, actually sold it in 2004. Uh, the company was a metal fabrication company that did contract work, as well as developed and marketed some 
proprietary products. He has also has experience working for such companies as Bell Helicopter, Boeing Electronics, and McElroy Manufacturing. These experiences ultimately led to a deeper understanding of planning, time management, and employee management. Greg is educated in industrial engineering and management and is also a licensed professional engineer in the state of Oklahoma. Greg, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Oh, hi, Nathan. How are you doing? Doing very good, sir. Let's start here. Every single every single episode, I ask every single guest a simple question, kind of a little fact finder, uh, fun fact kind of thing. Tell us something about yourself that people may not know. Oh, let's see here. Well, I'm not so sure this will be so much fun, but it is kind of an unusual fact. Um, uh, I'm relatively uh, athletic and certainly was in my younger years. And as it turns out, at age 39, I had a uh, heart surgery. Uh, Oh, wow. Turns out I had a birth defect all of those years. And it took uh, 39 years of my life for for us to figure that out. So that was pretty interesting because... At that time frame, it wasn't unusual for me to go out and, you know, run eight or ten miles. So, (laughs) Yeah, and you still run to this day, isn't that right? Yeah, I've I've dialed it down to um, three miles at a time, I would say. Yeah, well, good for you. Well, listen, we're we're really excited about having you on uh, Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio this evening. Uh, We have a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs and leaders that listen to the show, so I know the content that you bring to uh, our listeners this evening is really going to deliver a lot of value uh, to them. But, Greg, before we get into the nuts and bolts of really helping small business owners grow, tell me a little bit about your company, uh, Condor Business Solutions. Well, the, the goal is, is just that, helping, helping small businesses, and uh, I've developed a couple of unique processes to do that. Um, one of them is called the Optimum Solution, and what I do there is that uh, with the business owner, we're just going to look at the entirety of the business from strategic planning to market research to marketing to internal operations and all the way down to uh, financial management and, and uh, literacy and see if we can't find some strength and weaknesses there and look to leverage the strengths and possibly improve on the weaknesses. And then the other uh, process I've developed is called the system of pie. That's the system of profitable ideas. And that's for companies that are uh, pretty solid in the basics of business, but are looking for uh, creative new ideas in the areas of new products or services, processes, things like that. Well, very good. And as I just mentioned, we've got a lot of business owners that listen to the show. Many of them would like to grow uh, their business. Before we get into the suggestions on how to effectively grow, in your professional opinion as a you know, business development consultant, uh, what, what are some things that hold business owners back from growing in the first place? Well, I'd say uh, certainly there are real issues like uh, financial issues, um, you know, the competition can do things that you don't control, the general state of the economy, those types of things are out there. But I have to say, um, in my experience, some of the barriers are almost uh, psychological mm. in, in that we have a, a business owner that has their business that may have plateaued or even be in a little bit of decline, and we're just not willing to take the, the steps necessary to spur business growth were 
it's almost like we're hopeful and wishful that that growth will happen on its own. You know, one of the things you just mentioned there was the idea of whether or not a business has plateaued. You know, as a business owner where you're you're inundated in the business day in and day out, you're wearing many hats, what are some of the signs that business owners can be aware of to, to maybe even realize that they've reached that level and not kind of be blind to the fact that they're not growing? Does that make sense? Right. Sure. Uh, well, one of the traits, especially as a uh, as a business matures, you, you you come to rely on the same group of customers or clients, if you will, over and over again, and that certainly is taking uh, some of your your energy. And then what gets neglected is those steps to attract new co- uh, customers. So we get very comfortable with our current customer base, and then we ne- neglect the acquisition of new customers. Well, as our current customer base erodes, that's where the plateauing or the decline begins, and then we're kind of behind on the uh, acquiring new customer steps. Is part of that the result of, you know, business owners who maybe are, let's assume they're in year three or year four, and they've reached a relatively comfortable level of growth, and they're comfortable where they're at financially. Is that maybe because they've stopped doing some of the things that they did early on in their business to grow? Oh, certainly. You know, if you're going to go all the way back from a startup phase, virtually all businesses, when you when you start up, there's a pretty heavy um, marketing push, yeah, and you have time for it. But then, you know, as your business matures and now you get more operational with your customers and, and even time from the owner is a little less available for marketing purposes. So do you think that's is that the main driver, you think, the reason why it's not done so much? Or is it almost like this this level of complacency has been reached and this level of comfort has been reached where, well, we don't need to do as much marketing as we have in the past because we're, you know, a three or four year old business and we're sustainable. Oh, right. Absolutely. It's very easy to get comfortable with our uh, current customer base. And, uh, you know, really, if you're you're meeting your your goals, especially financial, uh, it would be very easy to to become complacent and and not think that you need to do uh, anything more to attract new customers. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, I was reviewing uh, content on your website over at ConderBusinessSolutions.com. For those of you who are listening uh, to this episode or who will down- download it later, I was uh, reviewing some content earlier this week, and I came across a blog post that you've uh, actually written titled Four Growth Strategies for Small Business. And one of the first things that you mentioned is this idea of increasing our marketing and promotional efforts. And maybe that's a little bit because of what we just talked about with regards to to a business owner who has reached a certain level of growth, uh, and for one reason or another, they're just not marketing as much as they have in the past. So we've actually just got a couple of minutes before the first commercial break. Uh, let's talk about this for starters. Uh, why, why is it important, Greg? The, the, well, uh, usually marketing is the first step because uh, when a company sees that they're, they're in decline, uh uh, small business owners versus all the other strategies that I wrote about uh, are going to be most knowledgeable about marketing techniques. So is this usually the first step that small businesses should take when they want to grow, regardless of where they're at uh, with regards right. to longevity as an enterprise? 
Right, unless they have a, a very robust uh, marketing or robust and active marketing plan in place that's working. Uh, if, if you have all of that in place and you still feel plateaued or in decline, then that says there's something um, out there in the market is, that is preventing you from growing. But okay. most that I deal with do not have a, a, a robust and active plan. Well, when we get back from our first commercial break, uh, commercial break, Greg, we're going to talk about some of the things that you recommend that small business owners can do when it comes to marketing and promoting their business, especially if they've reached that level of stagnation like we've talked about so far in tonight's episode. If you're tuning in, you're listening to Leading with Purpose and Powering Talk Radio. Tonight we have Greg Condor of Condor Business Solutions on with us. We'll be right back. I promise you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. Do you wish you had more focus? Do you wish you were more intentional about the things you need to get done to really start making progress in your business and leadership? If so, you need the Leadership Journal by Nathan R. Mitchell. The Leadership Journal is Nathan's empowerment project to help business owners entrepreneurs, and leaders grow their business, empower their teams, and lead to their full potential in only 90 days. To begin reaching your full potential today, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com and claim your copy of the Leadership Journal now. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I am Nathan Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview with Greg Condor of Condor Business Solutions, I would like to let you know that Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio is brought to you by Minert & Associates, a full-service accounting firm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, dedicated to its purpose of helping business owners relieve their financial stress. So if you're in need of tax preparation, bookkeeping, or payroll services, I encourage you to visit my friends over at Minerton Associates. You can learn more about them by visiting them at relievefinancialstress.com. With that, Greg, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you. Right before the commercial break, we were talking about marketing, specifically as it relates to uh, small business owners. And one of the things that you had mentioned was, especially this is important for business owners that don't have a robust uh, marketing plan in place. And I mean, as you and I both know as consultants, uh, depending upon where your business is at financially, uh, is largely going to depend, uh, going to have a major influence on how much money you can spend in your marketing efforts. So one of the things I want to talk to you about uh, in the second segment of the show before we get to some other questions here is what are some of the things that you recommend the, and I hate to say average small business owner because that's that encompasses a lot of different things, but what are some of the things that you recommend uh, that the small business owner can do uh, when it comes to marketing and promoting their company and brand? Well, sure. Uh, and like you say, average small business owners is kind of hard to define. So a lot of what you actually do is going to depend on uh, what, you know, what your business does, who your customer targets are, 
um, what geographical reach you're trying to have, local, regional, national, um, things like that. But in general, just in general, I would say um, a good starting point is going to be a, a professional and solid website uh, with a blog. Um, that would be a good starting point. I think uh, social media presence can be helpful, whether that's Facebook, LinkedIn, again, depending on what type of business you have. Um, and if you're going to you know, do the social media, you, you need to be active on it. Um, one of my favorites is actually old school face-to-face -face networking, where we're right, actually yeah. meeting with people and having conversations. That can be key to small business development. Uh, certainly ask for referrals from your existing customers and close business network. That could be helpful. Um, another one that, that I use is uh, I'll volunteer or sponsor nonprofit events, and that allows me to meet people. So those are just a few. Uh, in terms of marketing tactics, there, there's really hundreds to choose from. So uh, what, what I would advise is that understand in general you're going to need at least four or five tactics uh, working together uh, to have an effective marketing plan. And also you need to make sure that you're persistent with it, yet patient. Again, back to what type of business do you have, some of these marketing efforts can take some time before a, a result shows itself. Yeah, so one of the first things I, I heard you say is make sure you don't have just one arrow in your quiver, right? Uh, That's right. Another thing that stuck out to me too, Greg, that you mentioned is is the whole idea of traditional networking. And I'm kind of curious, I want to stay on this topic just a little bit longer. Do you think sure. that traditional networking and face-to-face, -face, has that kind of become a lost art for a lot of people? And have things like social media kind of given us a crutch as business owners, like, oh, well, you know, I can hang out in the office and I can meet people via LinkedIn or Facebook, and that's easier and maybe it's uh, more comfortable to do that rather than having to pick up the phone or have that face-to-face -face meeting over coffee. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I would agree with your, your comment there. Um, the technology around social media, uh, I think we our minds maybe get tricked into thinking that if I'm uh, friends with somebody on Facebook or connected to somebody on uh, LinkedIn, that, that that's a true relationship. And, right. and I don't think true relationships are, can be developed uh, outside of or deep relationships, meaningful relationships outside of face-to-face -face meetings. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, just because I, I think I have approximately a couple thousand uh, connections on LinkedIn, and there, there's no way I could even close uh, get to get to know all of those people and maintain a relationship that could be productive for for both them and I from uh, from you know developing relationships that are mutually beneficial that could help them and help me. I just don't uh, see it happening on that kind of level. But uh, you know, the second thing you discuss in your article that can be found at ConderBusinessSolutions.com is this idea of seeking out new markets uh, to serve for the small business owner. Can you give us an example of what this might look like? For let's use an example of an insurance agent that's maybe used to writing uh, PNC policies is the main driver in their business. Okay. Um, and by PNC policies, uh, we're, we're talking about like, yeah, just, pro uh, just property. Auto. Correct. Yeah. Property, property and casualty. 
Okay. Well, I, I would say in that uh, scenario, that that agency, um, you know, could consider marketing to a demographic, to a different demographic. Uh, you know, perhaps they're focusing on the boomer generation, and they could um, kind of do a, a not a shift, but but add to uh, a focus of say Gen X or uh, Gen Y, something like that. Where you can seek new markets geographically, uh, maybe the agency seems to work a, a particular part of the metro area, and perhaps they could do some um, uh, uh, marketing in, in another in another area. Uh, another idea for for a bit of a shift or a add to, if the agency has been focusing on homeowners, for example. Perhaps uh, uh, the market of renters could be fertile ground for rental insurance, things like that. Yeah. Do you think uh, the average business owner does that? Does enough of that, or does just about every business that you work with in one way or another have opportunities that maybe exist or maybe they just don't see because they've been walking around with blinders for too long in their own business? Right. Well, I, I think it's kind of the, the same idea from our, our first segment is that we just get complacent. Um, and, and so we, we don't feel that motivation to, to look for different different markets. Um, I, I would uh, would add that before you you go uh, entering a, a market with with marketing materials and a marketing uh, message that, that you do some research on that that new market first just to make sure the terminology you use is going to be the same. Um, uh, or that the, the methods or potential buyers, they value the same things as your current customer base, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I actually have a credit union client that I work with uh, myself here in the Oklahoma area. And early on in, uh, and I haven't had a lot of experience consulting in the banking industry. And, you know, they're, they're in the credit union industry, but I made the mistake of referring to their customers as customers. When in reality, they refer to their customers as members, and you know they were very quick to uh, to correct me on that in a nice way. But you know that was me not going out and researching uh, that market well enough to find out some of the ter- terminology that they use, just like you mentioned. Oh, uh, absolutely, yes, that, that is a, a great example. So you can, you know, you can almost imagine if we uh, broadened up a little bit and say, suppose you're focusing on for-profit companies, but you want to market to non-profits or you focus on small businesses and you want to market to large businesses, uh, things like that, that terminology and that whole marketing, uh, message may need to be, uh, adjusted just a bit for that new market. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get into the third thing that you suggest in uh, your article on helping small business owners grow on your website that I found, uh, this keeps coming up in our discussion this evening is this idea about small business owner complacency and then becoming complacent. What are some of the things, for starters, how do you recognize that you've reached that point in your business? And what are some of the recommendations that you have to kind of get out of that funk, so to speak? Uh, well, uh, so, some of the signs I, I would think would, would be, uh, you know, look at a period of time. And again, a lot of this is going to depend on what type of business you have. But how many new customers have I added in the past six months or year? And if that's a very, 
very low number or e even zero, that, that would probably, that may indicate that, that you're, you're stagnating. And then uh, for what will motivate you to get out of that, I, I think it, it's, you just have to come to the real realization that although times may be good now, they may not be that way two or three years from now if you're not doing some work to add to your customer or client base. Right. Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, asking I loved I love the question you just gave. You know, ask yourself how many new clients have we acquired in the last three, six, nine 12 months. And I think to some degree, it's probably dependent too on the price point of your service and offering. Would that be fair to say also? Oh, certainly. Right. And, and again, what type, type of business you're in, if you're, you know, uh, for example, I would expect an, an insurance agency uh, to have a higher rate of, of uh, additional customers, you know, being added than say a a manufacturing machine shop, yep. which is more of a business-to-business -business model. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, well, the third thing you suggest in your article on helping small business owners grow is to innovate and to develop new systems and ideas. And we're actually coming up on a couple of minutes before our next commercial break, Greg. But for starters, how is this helpful, this idea of generating uh, and being innovative, generating new ideas and systems? Well, you know, most of most business in general, and especially small business, we, we tend to, to uh, deal in commodities. Our products and services are, are viewed as commodities by the market. Uh, if we think about insurance companies, marketing firms, CPA firms, machine shops, and things like that, uh, those are basically commodity uh, products and services. And when you're in a if that's what you're dealing with, it's almost a, purely a game of marketing and pricing. So if we take some steps to, to innovate and, and bring fresh new ideas to the market, we stand at least a chance of, of breaking this, uh, this system of, hey, it's a commodity, so it's all about marketing and pricing. Yeah, and isn't that kind of the concept of the, of the book Blue Ocean Strategy? It's just trying to find ways to be innovative and to the point where you don't just have to compete on price alone. Have you read that book, Greg? Uh, oh, I have not, but it, yeah. it, that's, uh, uh, I, I read my most recent is How to Fly a Horse, actually. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely check out uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. It's actually been probably five or seven years since I've uh, read the book myself. But we've got just about one minute before the commercial break. Uh, right now we're talking about the third thing you suggest in your article. Uh, if you're looking for that, you can go to condorbusinesssolutions.com to learn more about Greg and his business. We're actually talking right now about how you can be innovative and how to develop new ideas uh, and systems for your business, and more importantly, how this is helpful. When we get back from the commercial break, I'm going to have Greg talk with us about his system called the System of Pi uh, that actually helps organizations think outside the box when it, be uh, when it begins to come to things like this. And so he's going to tell us more about his system as well as some uh, practical examples where he has used uh, the System of Pi in his own consulting. So we're with Greg Conner this evening. We'll be right back after the short break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. Nathan R. Mitchell, America's leading empowerment coach, founder of Clutch Consulting, and certified member of the John Maxwell team, is giving away his top-selling book, Leading with Purpose, for free, for a limited time. You can get Nathan's highly acclaimed book, which is full of 30 empowering tips to help you transform your organization and your leadership. To claim your free ebook, simply go to leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Opt in to receive the Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio newsletter, and you will also receive Nathan's book as a special bonus. This is a limited time offer, so secure your copy today. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. Friends, one of the things that I have learned about great leaders and great business owners is this. They are lifelong learners. And one of the ways that I've been able to devote more time to my own professional growth and development is by listening to audiobooks made available through audible.com. If you want to try out Audible to listen to some of the best books on business, marketing, leadership, visit us online at leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Simply click on the resources tab to learn more about a special limited time offer. With that, Greg, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Nathan. You are more than welcome, my friend. Uh, right before the commercial break, we were talking about how small business owners can learn to be more innovative and how they can develop new ideas and systems to ultimately help them uh, grow their business. And just before we broke for commercial, I introduced uh, the concept of your system called the System of Pi that actually helps organizations think outside the box when it comes to things like this. So would you mind telling us a little bit more about your system? Well, certainly. First of all, I want the our listeners to know that, that PI is spelled uh, P-I, and I use that as an acronym for Profitable Ideas. So it's the system of PI or the system of Profitable Ideas. And basically what it is, it's a system specifically designed for small businesses, and it's a, a team-based approach to help companies uh, generate the new ideas prioritize them and bet them for feasibility and then finally uh, implement them so our businesses can uh, reap the benefits. What are some practical examples of clients that you've worked with? And I know that uh, you know, you're not, want to give, not going to want to give names of actual organizations that you've worked with, but maybe just kind of the concepts you know, and uh, kind of what that process looked like and where it took them from, uh, where they are now to where they ultimately needed to be. Okay, certainly. Well, some uh, real-world examples, and yes, I do have to keep it pretty generic. Um, but uh, certainly I've worked with manufacturers that are looking for uh, ideas for new products. We've used the system for that. Uh, I actually worked with a uh, HR group to um, to generate ideas to reduce employee absenteeism and tardiness. Uh, I've worked with a, a law firm. This is kind of interesting. We use the system of pie to 
to come up with some ideas of unique marketing tactics, which we've been talking about tonight. Uh, I've used used it with a company that does uh, corporate training, and we actually used the system system to come up with ideas for new niche markets for them. So that's another you know, roll back to one of our strategies. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it's, this pie can be pretty broad in its application. Uh, uh-huh. It's really, you know, we start with what do we need ideas for? Gotcha. Okay. The last thing you suggest in, uh, in your article that I referred to at the top of the hour is this idea of acquiring another company. Uh, is this really an available option for small business owners? Oh, I, I believe it is. You, you know, the, there's actually a, a lot of small business. Um, I mean, the shorthand, we call it M&A activity. Uh, that's mergers and acquisitions. But it happens among small businesses quite a bit. You just don't read about them in the Wall Street Journal. Right. Uh, but even personally, I've recently been involved in, in a couple of acquisitions, and, and one of them was a uh, let's see, about a, a ten-person company that acquired a, a three-person company. Um, just recently finished another one where it was a five-person company uh, buying a one-person company. Oh wow! So, so it it is uh, it is certainly reachable for for small business. Can you describe the process of a business acquisition? I mean, what does it really, what does it look like, and what are some of the steps that a small business owner could expect to go through in, in an acquisition process? Right. Well, I, I think first you need to determine what what type of company you would like to uh, acquire. You know, what type of company would be a good fit for your growth strategy? Uh, is it a company that basically offers the same products or services that you do, or is it a company that might offer complementary products and services to what you currently offer? Um, and then before I started my search, I would do a little calculating uh, from a financial perspective to understand just, you know, what, what do I have the ability to pay in, a, in an acquisition? And you don't have to have the, the full list price of these businesses available, uh, but you can expect to, to need to have 20 to 30 percent of whatever the negotiated price turns out to be. So with that in mind, now you kind of know what you're searching for. And there's all sorts of uh, online there's all sorts of aggregate databases that show businesses for sale. And, and wherever you're located, most large cities uh, are going to have a, a handful of, of business brokers that you could contact directly. Now, once you find one that you're interested in, you, you're going to inquire uh, about that business and let them know you're interested in the, the listing broker will probably send you an NDA, and that's a non-disclosure agreement that the information that he's that they are going to send you in the future, you can't share with anybody else. Right. So, so you receive that information, and then it becomes a cycle of reviewing and asking questions, uh, and you may go through that cycle a few times. And then ultimately, you have to make your decision whether you're going to uh, pass on the business or are you going to make an offer? 
Um, and then you make an offer and there might be a counter offer and you have some more negotiation there. But once a price is agreed to, then you'll enter a phase called um, due diligence. And that is your opportunity to review every detail of the business. And, and typically there will be a clause in there that you can, can opt out if you need to. And then finally, you close on the acquisition, and then there's a, a, a transition period of, of the, the for management purposes and operational purposes uh, to transition the business over to the new owner. That's it. Well, Greg, that's a pretty uh, comprehensive list of what a business owner can expect going through the uh, through the acquisition process. And I know that's a lot to take in, so sure. feel free to hit the rewind button and, and take notes on that because what Greg uh, just shared with us is really, really gold uh, when it comes to uh, business acquisitions. But, Greg, I want to thank you so much for, for being on this episode. Before we conclude uh, this broadcast, I would like to ask you, is there anything else that you would like to share uh, with my audience, maybe where's the best place for them to find you on the web, maybe via social media, if you want to talk about that a little bit before we conclude. Oh, certainly. Well, uh, my website, condorbusinesssolutions.com, and my name is spelled C-O-N-D-E-R. Uh, often it's misspelled C-O-N-D-O-R, it's condor, but it's not. It's C-O-N-D-E-R, condor. Uh, and I, I'm also in, on LinkedIn. You certainly look me up there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Greg. I really enjoyed having you on tonight's broadcast. I know that you've delivered a lot of value uh, to our uh, listeners and our loyal followers. So thank you so much for joining us. You enjoy the rest of your evening, my friend. All right. Thank you, Nathan. You're welcome, sir. Everyone, you've been listening to Leading with Purpose and Powering Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nathan Mitchell. If you're interested in getting some really cool bonuses that will help you grow your business, empower your team, and lead to your full potential, I want to invite you to visit us at leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Click on the Support Our Show banner on the homepage. This will actually take you to our Patreon page, where in return for your sponsorship and support of this podcast, I promise you, you will receive some really cool stuff each and every month directly from us here at Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. Thank you so much. Have a great evening. God bless. We'll be talking to you soon. You've been listening to Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio with host Nathan R. Mitchell. To learn how Nathan can help you get better business results and lead you to your full potential faster, visit Clutch Consulting on the web at www.clutchconsulting.net. You can also download episodes.